Hello everyone, Zach and Law here. Online content is a time capsule, a message from the past into the future. For context, today is June 8th, 2020. The world is in turmoil as thousands die from COVID-19 and the United States' underfunded healthcare infrastructure. But today we're speaking to you because of those who have fallen due to a more insidious element of our and many other nations' power structures. The systematic oppression of people of color and other marginalized groups is a pervasive evil, one that we as participants in and benefactors of have the privilege of changing. Right now, people throughout the world are uniting to speak out against racial injustice and systematic oppression, and we count ourselves among them. We aren't as famous or influential as some content creators, but we'd rather our voices be heard in the name of the common good than be silent during a time of suffering. That's why we're donating this month's Patreon funds to programs to help victims of racial injustice and make legislative efforts to overturn policies of systematic oppression throughout the nation. If you have the means, take the time to look into some charities you can donate to or programs in your area like the National Bail Fund, Reclaim the Block, or the ACLU, to name just a few. And make sure you keep yourself informed and educated about what's happening in the world. Law has been marching and taking part in the protests, and I could not be more proud of him for that. I have not been out of the house because I recently traveled, and until the 14th, I'm a potential disease vector. But if I'm being honest, the reason I haven't been marching or protesting is because I'm afraid. I was afraid of being seen as jumping on the bandwagon, afraid of being yet another white voice speaking for those whose struggle I will never understand. I'd like to say that, but in truth, I'm afraid of being hurt, afraid of being branded a radical, a criminal, afraid of risk. Yet every day, people are so branded because of the color of their skin or the nature of their birth. People who live at risk simply by being who they are. But it's those of us with the privilege of being unaffected by this oppression that need to speak out, need to take action in whatever way we can. We can't all afford the risks that come with taking to the streets for one reason or another, and that's fine. But there are other ways to help. Offering protection to your allies, making care packages, sharing news, helping to organize, and reaching out to your local officials to enact change are just a few. And if you do go out, try to be safe. Wear a mask to slow the spread of disease and be organized. This is a global movement, and we believe it's just getting started. Changes are already happening, and the future is starting to look a little brighter, but only if we keep fighting and speaking out and voting. Asking all of us to do better shouldn't be a point of contention. We can all do better. It's time we work shoulder to shoulder to lift up those who have been silenced for too long. We believe that black lives matter. All of you have just sustained a shock to your system. The last words you heard were, I don't think you're children anymore. In a panic, you all look at each other. And you look the same. No difference at all, as far as you can tell. But she looks on at you somberly. Uh, you all look just like you did before to me. I mean, Svotia still looks like he's 30, but... <laughs> Amelia didn't even hear what was just said. She's too busy looking over her spellbook angrily scratching out comprehend languages before tossing <laughs> it back in her rucksack. We, we, we're in a different place now. Maybe children mean something else here. Or where, where, where is this place? We went through what those people called a dimensional rift. Svoltir is like, like feeling around his temples and he's like, I don't have horns. I thought when you went through dimensional rifts, you grew horns. That's what happened to Arvid. <laughs> Can we go back to kids? 
You are not adult. Well, what, what are we then? Kami-sama. Well, what does that mean? Uh, you are spirit people. Oh. You have... I'm sorry, you, you have horn. You, you might become a henge yokai. I get those from my dad. Uh, anatomo, uh, henge yokai. Uh, animal? Mm. Animal kami? Well, what is this place? Who, who are you? Uh, Miko de gozaimasu. M- Miko? Miko. I get out a little book and write it down. Onomaiwa? And she gestures to you? Uh, my, my name's Grigori, and this is my best friend Virgil. <laughs> she looks at the dog and immediately just starts getting very uncomfortable. I put my hand on him. Like, he, he, he's a good boy. He, like, licks my hand and it deals, like, a point of fire damage that I ignore because I'm a <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. Well, maybe maybe children and adults mean something else here. If we're spirit people, like, are we spirit people like those out there? Pointing across the gate. Oh, oh no. This is complicated. They are ueno. Like demons? Like demon. Does that mean we're dead? It's very, um, I, we have not seen new people in a very long time. We came in as kids where we're from. I'm only 12 years old and I don't look any different yeah, than I did. Why do you mention age? Well, it's, we're part of a league and if you're older than 13, there's a chance they'll kick you out. What is a league? Oh, that's a... I take out a book. I'm like, well... Uh, I'll show her the pamphlet for the Little League of Ultimate Questing. <laughs> the Little League of Ultimate Questing. The ultimate entertainment for minors in <laughs> Nexus Enterprise. <laughs> she looks at it and is very confused by the paper and the way it looks and feels. Uh, we're here... We, we were given a job to help a friend that we don't know yet. Um, someone named Brighton who came into a weird forest in our world. And it took us here, and we need to find him and get back. Sonny's picking himself off the ground, wiping the tears off on his sleeves. Like, okay, okay, so we're kids, but we're not kids. Yeah, you don't look like me. No, this don't means look like me. you are Kami. Okay. I cannot explain. So you're from here? Yes. What's this place called? This place? It does not have a name. Oh, that sounds hard to remember. Oh, really easy. Oh, do you have friends here? Yes. Do they like to play? She seems to take long pauses between your questions. Mm. Oh, um, if someone like us came from that forest, where would they go? We have not seen anybody like you. Amelia brushes her hair behind her ear. She looks pensively. She says... Well, if they haven't seen Brighton, then maybe he went in a different direction. Maybe he, he maybe he got caught by those things, or or maybe he couldn't get over the gate. He, he might be back out in that scary forest. Anything in the forest is gone. That's how we got here. How that's how we would get back home. There are too many Ueno. Those are the shadow ghosts. Yes. Oh dear. You are very tired. You should rest. As she even says the words tired, you realize that you are all exhausted. Quite literally. You all have one point of exhaustion. Hmm. That juice made me feel funny. Is it is it nap time, y'all? I can give you somewhere to sleep. Is this a like a small town or a temple? You just realize that you're in a space that could be looked at. <laughs> All of the information, everything that's been coming at you, you were incapable of even processing what surrounded you. You stand on the open grounds of what looks like a castle. 
But the castle doesn't look like anything you've seen before. It's all white mortar and wood and not the stone that you're used to. Surrounding you all around in the air are what look like fireflies until you take a closer look and they look like teeny tiny little lanterns that float through the air like jellyfish. In the distance, under very, very pale moonlight, you can see what look like rice paddies and other small buildings, a large boulder, uh, what look like gardens of stone. Lots of interesting, beautiful aesthetic pieces, but you don't recognize anything. Oh, gosh. I'm sure talk it out all of a sudden. Yeah, me too. Did Miko say that there weren't other people like her around? I mean, there's a building that's real big. There's got to be people who live up in there. There's got to be. Where we come from, which is, I guess, another dimension. Um, There's people who are old and smart called wizards. And they know all kinds of stuff about, like magic and the shadow ghosts. And And sometimes they're young and smart, too. (laughs) <laughs> Do you have anyone here like that who knows a whole bunch of stuff about magic? Perhaps it is better you sleep. I am tired. She seems to be dodging the question. Come with me. She walks you towards what looks like a small forest of bamboo and trees, nothing like the one outside, uh, more cultivated and carefully manicured. As you approach, you see what look like two wooden buildings. One of them is very beautifully and aesthetically designed, and the other one looks more like a small shack, big enough for a small family to sleep in. Mm-hmm. As she approaches, she comes to what looks like a almost a threshold, a little small entry space. And then there is a raised space just beyond that, as though the building itself is almost on stilts, and that all internal rooms are raised up. Mm-hmm. This looks similar to other places where you're familiar with uh, large amounts of flooding. As she approaches the lip, she takes off her sandals, she bows, and then enters. Look to everyone else and like look down at my boots. Be like, um, are we supposed to take our shoes off? Uh, Sonny raises his hand. What if, what if we don't have shoes? She looks at you, horrified. Mm. And then immediately a calm kind of comes, almost deliberately. Uh, I can help you. She gets off of the raised platform, puts her shoes back on, walks away, and comes back with a what looks like a bucket of water. Hmm? And says, "Come with me." Okay. Gregory's gonna be down on one knee, like untying his boot and being like, "And the rabbit goes out of the hole, and then the rabbit <laughs> goes back around the tree, <laughs> pulls his boots off." Svoltier takes his boots off and cracks his toes a couple times as he flexes them, and then looks at the house, nods at it. And goes inside. Oh, Joe smells like you don't wear socks. <laughs> What's a sock? <laughs> Amelia is wearing dyed purple leather shoes, each fastened with two buttons. She carefully takes them off, uses a little spare prestidigitation to make sure they're clean before setting them on the ground and going in. Miko takes you out to a small area and hands you the bucket. Okay. We have to? Yes. Okay. Sonny begrudgingly washes his feet, and, but even after a little while, he actually starts to enjoy it. <laughs> as soon as you're done, she produces two small sandals that hmm. look like they're made for human feet. Oh, will those fit? She looks at your feet and looks at you. May I carry you? Oh, okay. <laughs> she picks you up 
and she seems fairly strong, uh, but does strain a little bit under the weight and begins walking towards the place and then sets you on the little raised platform with the rest of you. Svoltier's in the process of telling Grigori, I haven't ever had enough money to need this sock before. That's fair. Uh, just have to breathe through my shirt. He's just pulling his shirt up over his nose. If we're going to take a nap in a strange place like this, Rule 17 of the Survival Scouts is, is sleep in shifts. If we divide that by three, we can all watch each other and just let Sonny sleep all night because I don't think he's going to pay attention long enough. I agree. It's probably better that he stays asleep. She goes to the space where Amelia took off her shoes and begins waving her hand gently. She pulls a bottle off, a different bottle than the last time, takes a small sip, and then spits out a mist of water in the air, and then closes it up and looks curiously at your shoes before getting on. I don't think she liked you. Use magic on your kickers. Is Miko still in the room? Oh, she's on the gang. She's out of the gangcon into the actual platform leading into the house. Okay. Amelia will walk over when she sees that and, and ask, are you doing some kind of magic? Sorry, the, the word magic is very complicated. And then she walks into the room. Did everyone bring a sleeping bag? I got mine. I have futon. Is that serious? What's that? As you all go into the house proper, off of the small platform that you're standing on, you see that the ground is covered in what looks like woven mats. They're soft to the foot and very comfortable. They're in specific sections of the home, and they seem very carefully cleaned and manicured. No dirt, nothing at all. She walks to the other side of the room, and you see doors made of paper with wood cross bearings. She scoots one of them aside and pulls out a very large, um, what looks like a mattress, but thinner and flexible. And she begins pulling out several of them and laying them on the ground. This place looks weird. They make their walls out of newspaper. It's my favorite kind of newspaper, though. There's no writing on it I can't understand. So I, I can see in the dark better than two of you, I suppose, so I can take middle watch if that's proper. I'll try to stay up. I'm really tired, though. It is best not to watch while sleeping. Best not to watch while sleeping. Give her a big wink. Be like, I understand. And then give them a big wink. She stares at you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to take a nap too? It is best that you sleep. Sonny just looks around. He's looking for any like kind of high place. She goes to the entryway and closes the paper door there. And then gets onto her knees and sits watching all of you. Grigori's going to find a mat nearby and lay down and use like his backpack as a pillow and have Virgil wrap around him like a big teddy bear. But he's going to keep his hand inside of his backpack with his hand gripped around the handle of his wrist rocket and make a horrible fake snoring sound like <laughs> I'm so asleep. <laughs> Are there any private areas in this room? There does seem to be another door that leads <clears throat> somewhere else, but it's closed. Hmm. It is just one large open floor plan. Um, in that case, Amelia will kind of look around pointedly and then say, well, I'm sleeping in my adventuring clothes then, I suppose. She looks curiously at you. Um, she just kind of huffs and, and goes and settles down on one of the futons. Sunny attempts to find a place to sleep, uh, but right at uh, Svoltier's feet, he just falls over and just passes out. <laughs> on top of his feet? Yeah, on top of his feet. Skulltear shrugs. Well, I don't need to worry about the foot warmer then. Now they're both going to smell like feet. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> She's still sitting there just staring at all of you. Yeah, Skulltear is sitting sort of man-spreading 
just just looking looking right back at her in her prim little like kneeling sit. He's cross-legged, like one hand up on his face, just looking at her. She doesn't look away. Neither does he. This is a staring contest now. <laughs> After a good long while, your eyes begin to water. She doesn't seem to blink. I'm going to keep trying. Svoltir's very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't blink at all, and she doesn't say anything. She doesn't seem upset or worried or anything. Just quiet. Ultimately, I lose. <laughs> if, she, if, she, if she doesn't ever blink, eventually he's... <laughs> At some point, the fake snores become quite real. <laughs> you just hear Sunny purring a bit. Eventually, Svoltir's going to be like, Do you not sleep yourself? It is best if you sleep. Perhaps I can regale you with a story. Well, <laughs> are you going to try and force yourself to stay awake? Uh, I think Svoltir might. We're in a weird place. Hmm. Go ahead and give me a constitution check. All right. Mind you, you already have one level of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a three. Cool. So I'm going to give you a choice. You can either take another level of exhaustion or go to bed. I think I think Svoltir is going to try and stay up. Okay. And not succeed. And just, you know, start telling a story and then just nod off. In that case, I'll say that you do recover your level of exhaustion. Okay. Just to make it easier for everybody. <laughs> when you wake, you wake to a loud crashing sound. You literally see Sonny bolt up and hit the ceiling. And then he just like falls back down like on his feet, just like ready. Like, ah! Amelia startles. She says, I, I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> uh, Grigori bolts up and there's a rubber snap. It has like the sh- slingshot fires, but there's no bullet in it. It just kind of hits him in the wrist. Ah! I'm up, I'm up. What's happening? <laughs> Svoltir wakes up just, mm, it sounds like breakfast being made. <laughs> uh, Virgil gets up lazily but realizes there might be danger and the hackles rise up and steam starts pouring out of his mouth. You see Miko in exactly the spot you left her, staring specifically at Svoltir. I narrow my eyes. Sunny, Sunny just looks at them both like, okay, staring contest, go. You said it's not right to stare where they're sleeping. <laughs> what uh, was that boom? That was Gehi. I don't know what that means. Why don't you have windows? Why is everything paper? (laughs) (laughs) I have duties to perform. You have questions. It is best you ask Kitsune. Okay, where's Kitsune? And I would like to follow up with what was that loud bang? (laughs) That was Gehi. Okay, but what's a a, a Gehi? What challenge rating is Gehi? You will see Gehi. She stands and begins taking your futons as you get up and folding them back up carefully, getting them ready, putting them inside of the door, and then closing the closet. Do you require anything? Mm. So much. (laughs) Uh, Where do we go to find the kitsune? I will show you. Mm. Okay. He actually has like a bullet ready, but it's not pulled back. He's just kind of like cautiously, if he tries to open the door, like ready for anything. Um, Miko? Sunny raises his hand. Um, also, I'm kind of hungry. I'm sorry? I'm hungry. She looks very confused for a second. Um. I brought some rations with me. Did you not bring rations, Sunny? I told you a million times you go bring rations when you go camping. But I ate them before we went inside. I'll give you some later. Okay. <laughs> Thank got, you. I've got gorp. Okay. <laughs> Gregory is right. My mom always says to pack a snack when you're adventuring. Yeah, but I ate it all. I'm sorry, this is probably very confusing for all of you. 
That's an understatement. Perhaps Kitsune can give you more information. I like him already. <laughs> Amelia will start to use prestidigitation to brush her hair out and steam her clothing. Miko shoots up, pops the cork off one of the bottles, and from it you see a small mist of water, and she's looking at you. Very uncomfortable. She don't like your magics, none. Amelia will huff loudly and pointedly and start packing her things. How do you do this? Do what? What you do? Well, I mean, through a lot of study and good grades. She looks very confused. Ooh, ooh, or, 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 you just do this. He just shoots out a, a small little key fireball that it like goes out really. You are immediately hit with a wave of water. <laughs> the water dissipates into steam after it collides with him. Okay, everyone, just calm, just calm down a little bit. It, when you do stuff with your magic water bottle, it looks weird to us. So when we do the things we're used to, it probably looks weird to you. You cannot use fire here. Okay. Because suddenly these walls are made of paper. Yeah, I wasn't going to hit anything. And the floors are made of reeds. But I wasn't going to hit anything. Well, you might not have meant to, but you do sometimes when you don't mean to. So just be careful. Okay. And what exactly is the problem with a light breeze? Have you ever heard the story of the three little pigs? I have not. <laughs> Is that a real story? You are not like any kami I have seen. Right back at you. <laughs> Can we go maybe out of this matchbox before Sunny lights us all on fire? As usual, I think Gregory has a point. <laughs> Gregory, please. Thank you very much. I think Gregory has a point. I forgive you, Amelia. I think here his name is Greg Oni, actually. Mm. Let us go. Come on, Virgil. Time to go outside for walkies. <laughs> you exit the way you came, putting your shoes back on. You walk out into the open space again, and suddenly everything's very visible. The rice paddies seem alight with life. Everything's growing and, and, and blossoming, but it looks somehow gossamer and distant. The area in front of you looks like stones and gravel that have been shaped carefully. Ahead of you is the boulder I mentioned the night before. And in front of that boulder is a giant. That's challenge rating, eight or nine at least. <laughs> what is that? The creature dwarfs Sfoltir by a good six or seven feet. His face is drawn into a harsh smile, and his tusks protrude from his bottom jaw. He has a single horn coming from the center of his forehead, and in his hands is a gigantic, flanged great club. He pulls his arms back and then smashes the boulder. The boulder does not break, but he looks confused, scratching his head. He takes a moment, looks at the boulder, puts his ear up to it, steps back, readies a swing, and then hits the boulder again to a thunderous crash, and again looks confused. This is Gehi. Is he okay in the head? He keeps hitting that rock to do nothing. He is not. That's so sad. Uh -oh. I have seen giants in my day, but never have I seen a creature like this. He is Oni. Oni what? He is Oni. Oh, his name's Oni. I thought it was Geki. Geki is Oni. Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. If he ain't lying in the head, he can go about hitting his boulder. Maybe I can clear some of this up. I, I take a couple steps towards it, and in giant, I call out like, Hail and well met, giant friend. Uh, can I help you with this boulder situation you seem to be experiencing? Uh, oh. 
He hits the boulder again. He looks like if you mixed me and you together. <laughs> I turn around. Miko walks up to Geki, gestures him down. He gets down on one knee with a big grunt. And she gives him a gentle kiss on the tusk. He looks curious and then stands up again. Why do girls always like the tall ones? I, I, turn, I turn to look at you and I say, Where I'm from, that's not something you do with giants. <laughs> Oni must mean boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do they want? Oh. Do, do we understand He's him looking now? at you. What did they want? What do they want? Well, um, excuse me, Mr. Giant Man, sir. We have a friend. What's his name again? Brighton. Bright guy. Yeah. Have you seen him? I put my hand on Sonny's shoulder. Sonny, I think we've learned that in the tactical arrangement, speaking is not your strong suit. <laughs> you see his like ears and tails droop a little bit. You seem very tall. Perhaps you have seen another person like us wandering around these parts. There's no one like you. I'm sorry. He takes his large club and hits the boulder again. The sound is deafening. This sounds wrong. Sonny, after the hit, just like tiptoes towards the boulder and just puts his ear up against it. Sounds like a rock. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds normal to me. Well, good luck with you smashing. Um, if you see someone who looks like us only without my horns and his ears and his height and her prettiness, I mean, <laughs> uh, just a little human boy, um, please let us know. Maybe we're going to go find someone named Kitsune. Miko looks at you when you say human. I made an assumption in human. I think they said that during our briefing, but it's a guess. Ningen? Human? Uh, yeah. You are human? We, we're from where he, humans are from. I'm, I'm a tiefling. My mom is a human. And tiefling is kind of kami? I guess. If that's what my, I mean, that's not what she calls my dad. Are all of you human? No. My mom is a human. She looks very confused and distressed. I, 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 I'm not a human. <laughs> I'm a furbolg. So you are Kami. Like Gehi. Does that mean like monster? Um, uh, spirit. Well, that's rude. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. The furbolgs are descended from giants, but not a giant like that, I don't think. I'm not a giant, though. I'm an elf. Um, I cannot answer your questions. Please, let us speak with Kitsune. She pats Gehi on the shoulder and then quickly and aggressively guides you towards what looks like a house at a distance, like a round house. Mm. But as you get closer, you realize it's a stump, hmm. a gigantic stump, roughly the size of a, like a shipping container. Mm, Miko, Miss Miko. Yes. I have a question. When don't you? Sully, no. Huh? Uh, how do you do that water thing? This is not for you to know. Oh, This is the biggest tree I've ever seen in a long time. Or what once used to be a tree, I suppose. She starts hurrying faster at your, at your implications. It <laughs> keeps going until she finally gets to the stump itself. She leans down at a small hole in it, big enough to fit some of you. <laughs> pointed, pointed look at Svoltir. <laughs> she whispers something. A few moments later, a fox exits from the hole. On the fox's nose is a small set of spectacles, and it seems to be wearing a robe with a simple floral pattern on navy. 
It comes out, and it sits on its hind legs. It's a fox. It's adorable. I've never seen one wearing glasses before. And I've never seen a human with horns. I can talk to foxes normally, but I have to do nothing. I'm getting better every day. <laughs> normally, when I talk to foxes, they understand me, but not the opposite. Hmm. Interesting. What are you here for? Uh, well, we're looking for someone from where we're from named Brighton. Where you're from? And where are you from? Well, we come from a land called Mackinac. You will notice that Miko, with every question, grew increasingly more uncomfortable. And now, as attention slowly drifts away from her, she, in turn, slowly moves away from you. At first, a few small steps. But when your notice turns to her, she breaks into a full sprint, running as fast as she can, away from all of you. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, all you cuties. La here. And I'd like to take a second to say, I love you. You're great. It pleases all of us so much that you enjoy our project and continue knocking it out of the park with all of your support and positive feedback. We still ask that everyone do what they can to spread the word if you want to see us keep growing, because there's still a lot of future LU cuties out there that don't know it yet. Reviews, social media boosts, and word of mouth are a gift that we will always be grateful for. We hope you're enjoying listening to this chapter of the Little League of Ultimate Questing as much as we enjoyed playing it. Zach gave us all a very special adventure, and we loved every moment of it. And here's to hoping we can get him to flex those sexy DM muscles more in the future. I also want to take a second to mention the Trevor Project. Thanks to the Dark Dice team and donations from many great creators, for the month of June, there's an online auction happening where bidders can win great gaming swag, custom art from talented illustrators, and your own private group game run by podcast celebrity dungeon masters in an online platform of their choosing. One of which is me, Law, and I'll be running a mini LUQ-themed adventure, so if you always wanted to play in a game with me as your DM with a wacky LUQ team of your own, this is your chance. The Trevor Project was founded in 1998 and is the world's leading suicide prevention program for at-risk LGBTQ youth. There's a lot of great things to be donating to right now, so please check the link out and follow your heart. We appreciate it either way. We'll be posting links to the auction on all of our social media platforms and in our Discord. If you'd like to join the Discord, visit theluq.com where you can check out our Patreon. There's great D&D rewards like maps and magic items from the podcast and access to our private Discord rooms where you can hear episode bloopers and more and get access to bonus episodes of D20 Questions. This podcast wouldn't be possible without help from our patrons, so thank each and every one of you, especially our legendary team patrons. Those teams are the Cultured Cutthroats, the Tavern Brawlers, the Iron Rhapsody, and this week's featured team, the Moonlight Veil, with Christian Wiseman, Jen Finch, Eerie Lunar Rose, and Maisie. But that's enough out of me. Let's get back to those Thunder Tykes. Oh, hey there. <laughs> Bonric Xbreaker here, host of Getter Dungeon. You're a go-to expert in all matters Dungeorial. People ask me, Bonric... You spend all day strolling through old hallways and chinwagging about traps and arcane architecture. Well, your bones must be killing you. Well, truth be told, I'm getting up there in years, even for a dwarf. And that's why I always carry a bottle of Bayorn. 
non-prescription pain treatment to help your joints and back resist the bludgeoning damage of everyday use. Totemic alchemy infused with the power of the bear and the blessings of nature. Helps keep me delving and discussing the dungeons that you love day in and day out. It's damage reduction in your pocket. Bayarn. Bear the pain. Is she okay? She seems like she's always nervous, like something's about to stab her in the neck. Oh, Miko's simply doing her duties. Nothing oh. to worry about. Is it to make beds for strangers and wash their feet? Her responsibilities are to care for this place. It's honest work, no judgment from me. My mom's washed a foot or two in her time. <laughs> and who are you? Tell me your names. My name's Grigori Sangri. Grigori Sangri. And you? Mm, me? Hengeoka, oh. yes. Um, uh... My name's Sunny. Hi. Is that your name? Yeah. Is that your full name? My name's hard. Mm, names are hard. Can you say it for me? It's Allison I. But you can call me Sunny. Is that your full name? Yeah. Okay. It looks to Svoltir. I am Svoltir Ulfman, son of the Red Moon. Ooh, more than a name. I like it. And you? Her eyes narrow. I'd like to make an insight check. Um, because... Emilius is wondering at this point if he's some kind of fae. Do you have a uh, knowledge of fae? Only from books. Sure. Well, she has fae ancestry, too. <clears throat> oh, there you go. Yeah, that That's a nat 20, which makes it a 22. And what are you trying to determine exactly? If he's trying to take our full names for some kind of magical purpose. That's a really complex intuition there. I'll say it seems he's very eager to know your name, specifically. And it's obvious that that's what he's trying to get. Um, okay, so after narrowing her eyes and being silent for like a good half a minute, she just says, Amy. What is your full name? Amy is fine. What is your full name? Why do you need to know? I like names. I can tell. <laughs> Please, I can't let you into my home without your name. As he says that, she, she kind of reassesses what's going on and, and finally grudgingly says... It's Amelia. It's just Amelia. I see. I like these names. They're very different. Oh, and this is Virgil. The dog cannot enter. I have given you my name, but somehow I don't think that will be enough to get me through that tiny hole. You may be surprised. Me mum says that after you give names, sometimes it's best if you get a name. If only I could. That's weird. <laughs> You see, this is important information you give me your name. This is not things that Kami has. Kami has no name. Miko is confused. I am not. We're very confused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know where we are or what kind of place this is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're, we're looking for someone named Brighton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know a name Brighton. Mm. What is this Brighton? Uh, it's a human from where we're from. Mm, we have not seen any humans. But you are humans, sort of. You know what a human is, though, it seems. Yes, everyone here knows what a human is. Well, I guess the place we're from is mostly humans. I'd say it's about 70%. There's a few other types in. Uh, he's called Tabaxi, yeah. and, and he's a furbolg. Fascinating. You're from somewhere far away. Mm -hmm. They call it a dimensional shift that brought us here. The word dimensional is not known to me. Oh, I only know a little bit myself because my dad lives in another dimension. Um, do you have like heaven and hell here for good people and bad people? No, there's only Sekai. Oh, 
Uh, well, like if you die and then your ghost leaves your body and it goes to another place, that's another dimension. Kami, not ghost. Kami. So God means it's ghost. He thinks we're ghosts. So we are maybe dead, or they what they think is dead. This is very confusing. Maybe we got disintegrated. <laughs> oh, did you? <clears throat> they did say there was a chance of that happening. They did. I can answer your questions, but I cannot guarantee I know them. Well, any answers would be helpful. We're here to get information and also find Brighton and then learn about dimensional stuff. You must come in. He goes into his little hole. Oh, I've never been in a tree this big. Virgil, you stay here. You be good boy. You don't go nowhere. And don't you bark unless there's danger. And don't pee on the tree. Don't pee on the tree. Spolter will attempt to enter. I'll probably let the rest of the party go first, just in case I get stuck. You start to try to enter, and Kitsune comes right up to your face. Not yet. This first. He walks off, and you all see inside of his room. It's a little round room, about the size of the stump, and he runs over to a small cabinet. From it, he pulls a bottle, very similar to what Miko has. He pours it, gets on his knees, does a little bow, whispers something to it, and then he takes the cup and he brings it to you. I take it like a shot. <laughs> as soon as it touches your tongue, you regret taking it like a shot. This is not the wine you drank earlier. This is vinegar. <coughs> and it goes down very poorly. Your wine has turned sour, my friend. You should get the new bottle. <laughs> this is Uso. Come in. I look down at my boots and I, I... Do I need to take off the shoes again? You realize you fit. Your door changed size. Did it? I walk inside. <laughs> is, he, is he a shrinky dink or did the room kind of shift around him? You don't remember what happened. Hmm. He's just smaller now. Hmm. He's in. He fits. The rest of you are, all of you, in fact, are just shy of the height of the ceiling. It's a very small place for you. It seems to have a set of small spiral stairs in the corner that go up. <clears throat> well, we're all the same height now. This is great. It won't last forever. What are your questions? Uh, you know most about magic stuff. Um, I, I guess my first question is, if, if somebody did come from another world and didn't end up here... Where where would they end up? The forest. The forest. Oh oh, there were there were these weird hands in the forest. What are those? There are not hands. They are people. Oh. Or once were people. The Ueno. Mm. It means hungry. Just like me. No. Svoltier laughs. That explains why she freaked out when you said you wanted food. And I <laughs> slide him a half of a bologna sandwich. Says <laughs> wolfing it down. Um, so we brought here through a weird magic rift, and we're supposed to figure out how to stabilize it. That's what they asked us to do. You're saying very confusing things. You're telling me. Uh, magic brought us here, and we need to figure out how it works. Magic does not work here the way it seems to work in your world. Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, it sounds like we might have to go back out into the forest, but... Those big, spooky, hungry hands are going to grab us. The forest is never ending. You cannot get out. This is your home now. Oh, that's... no. <laughs> yes. But I miss my dad. I am not celebrating my birthday here. <laughs> it is in two months, and I have plans. Well, I'm a lot better in forests than people give me credit for. I bet I can find a way. You cannot. 
For the same reason that nobody comes here. But we came here. Yes, and that's very curious. Wait, why does nobody come here? They can't. Huh? We cannot leave, and no one can enter. I'm really confused now. As am I. You have to understand that this place is not Sekai. This is not my world. We have been here a very long time. So it's like a prison? No. Oh. But something changed. We came here. That's never happened before. Indeed. And we know our, our friend came here, so maybe something's different and now you can go. I think something's changed, because you're not supposed to be able to walk into a little thicket in our world and end up in a strange place like this. So there's like a, a doorway kind of thing. Or well, maybe there were like things and they like hit each other and now there's like a big bloody mess. Interesting. But mm-hmm. I remember something long ago. It was like an explosion, and now we're here. Where was it? Where was the explosion? Here, like in the tree, in this castle, on these grounds. The castle. Uh, didn't Mister Thundertongue say that time was going to maybe do different stuff here? Mm-hmm. He did say that. If if it was a long time ago, maybe explosions when the weird stuff start happening and we showed up. It is very confusing because you are not Kami. Kami is what happens to people who come here. Oh. That is what I am. It's kind of like an afterlife then, maybe? No. It is something natural that happens when you become lost. Are you lost? I didn't think so, but I think so now. Then in time, you too. Well, rule number 23 of the Survival Scouts is if you ever lost, never stop trying to find clues. What's in the castle? I didn't see no people here save for that big pointy-headed giant man and Miko. He looks very uncomfortable at the question. That is where... Obasan and Ojisan are. Oh, so there's only two of them? Yes. And Gaki, but he doesn't live there. Why was that giant trying to break the rock? Oh, Gehi's very confused. He's not the only one. (laughs) You see, when people become kami, it's for a reason. They become lost in a thought. This is kotodama. A word, an idea, nodama, takes over. You transform. You become lost in your own mind. That is what happened to Gehi. He was a simple man. He thinks the rock is a bell. He always rang the bell of mornings and in the night. But now the boulder sounds wrong. The bell won't ring. Oh. One of the kids in my survival scout class got kicked by a donkey in the head. I think he became a commie then. (laughs) Perfect. You understand that most kami do not have the range of communication that I do, or Miko. Miko and I are learned. We knew the ways of Kotodama, Noldama, and the three bottles. He gestures over to the cabinet. What are the bottles? The bottles contain three things. Omizu, Osake, Osu. Water, alcohol, and vinegar. The water is for purity. The sake is for spirit. And the vinegar is for corruption, or inga. Inga is what turns you to Kami. That is what Miko thought you were. What had happened to you. I suspect she believed you came from your world and got lost in the forest for an immeasurable amount of time and came to the other side what you are now. You understand our world does not have beings like you. Mm. Except the Kami. You are something new. That's exciting. Mm. Indeed. I would very much like to study you. 
Well, I I got things I'd like to study too, but most of them are back home. Um, if you don't know what we is, um, is it okay if we take a look around and try to find clues to get back home? We don't want to ruffle any feathers here, but we have a job. You remember I say the word Inga. This is like consequences for your actions. As you do things, as you take action on the world, you affect the things around you. When you say words, when you think thoughts, everything takes shape. Imagine for a moment a bay, and on that bay ships break. Thousands die. The grief of the people in the town could change that place to draw the ships to their death. This is Inga. That sounds like a really bad harbor. Indeed. Why would all the ships keep coming? Because they must get to their destination. Oh. As we all must. As you will. You understand that when you say you wish to explore this place, this is something we do not understand because we have not had visitors. I doubt anyone would stop you. I doubt anyone would understand what you're doing. But you must also understand that as you take action, as you say words, these words affect the people around you in ways you cannot imagine. So if we was to take a look around, we should try not to touch anything, like the gate that hurts your hand, Mm -hmm. or the lantern that burns your fingers, and maybe not talk to people like Mr. Rock Giant. You may do as you wish. You understand that we will not tell you what to do. You can take as much action as you will, but that is not the way of Kami. We are bound to our choices. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Gosh, I never talk this long without some grown up telling me to shut my gob. Ah, grown ups, that's the secret, isn't it? See, you are children. And that is what confused Miko so. Children do not become kami, not usually. Mm. It takes ah. an adult mind to fixate. Your imagination should protect you for the most part, depending on how long you plan to stay. Mm. That's what Mr. Thundertongue said. He said grown ups couldn't come through the gate. Interesting. I would very much like to study one of you. Which one of you is least important? Me. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Are you familiar with the term vivisection? No. I see. Perhaps you should stay behind while your friends find the answers you seek. But if I don't go with them, then Sonny's going to get lost in the forest. Yeah. His dog's really scary. I don't want to deal with it. Ah, you see, I've answered your questions, and now you owe me something. I think one vivisection is reasonable. I've already had that removed when I was a little baby. That was amazing. (laughs) 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 I just can't deal with that. No! As Voltaire says that, Amelia's, like, forehead wrinkles, and she, she just... Ignores it, pointedly. I'm going to guess you probably know what a vivisection is. Yes, I was thinking that. Um, <laughs> Amelia does pipe up and, and say, Grigori, I, um, I've i read about something like that, and I think that today is not the right day for a vivisection. <laughs> it's a fine day for a vivisection. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we're going to be here forever, maybe we can come back and do it later. I'm so sorry, but I am owed. Can we give you something besides a vivisection? Do you have something to give? Uh, I've got one of my little League of Ultimate Questing pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, are we, are we friends now? He looks at you confused. Oh, um, here. On journeys with uh, his dad, Sonny's picked up the slight jewelry making things. So he make he likes making little friendship bracelets. So he goes to offer <laughs> this kitsune a little beaded friendship bracelet. No. 
I need something more substantial. You like to learn stuff, right? Yes. Uh, Well, I've got... Pulls out the Survival Scouts handbook. This is very dear to me, but I've basically got it memorized at this point. This has lots of information about the world we're from, especially the forests. He takes it and opens the book. There's a picture of you on page 78. He flips to page 78. Bunch of North American-type wildlife like grizzly bears, foxes, coyotes. Oh, I thought it was going to be an Arcanoloth. <laughs> he looks very excited, flips through the pages. I need your tongues. The way I speak to you now is through the bottle. Mm-hmm. I need something more permanent. Well, we had to wash our hands and then we drank some. Maybe you could do the same. That is not how this works. I need to know the words. You have the stink of Kami about you far stronger than them. Well, that's rude. Is it? I don't know that anyone's ever said someone's thank more than me before. <laughs> All I know is that I've smelled them this entire trip, and any comparison is completely offensive. I am used to winning things. <laughs> if your magic is indeed different, and you are indeed a caster, perhaps you can help. I think I probably can. Are you able to follow, you know, simple magical algorithms? No. But if you know the way, I can take it from you. Well, I already crossed out the spell anyway, so... (laughs) um, She'll flip open her sequined notebook, and um, yeah, she'll turn to Comprehend Languages, and she will show it to Kitsune. He looks at it, closes the book. No, I will take it from you. He walks over to the bar, pours a drink from one of the bottles. He walks over and hands it to you. Hand that back to me and think hard on what you're trying to give me. She begins to focus on like on this spell going through every step in her head. It takes the full, you know, 10 minutes of of ritual casting to fully walk through it in her mind's eye. And then she hands the cup back to Kitsune. He takes it and greedily drinks it down. The second the liquid touches his lips... You feel a sensation as if all the food in your stomach just disappears. An emptiness suddenly fills you, and you can't remember what you're doing. I'm kind of hungry, too. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I ate all the bologna. He smacks his lips and licks his chops. Yes, this is very good. This contains the information about your world. A lot of it, especially the nature stuff. Excellent. This is an excellent trade. It's going to cost me a lot to get another one of those. Good. The more the cost, the more the value. You should go now. Otherwise, your friend will not be able to leave. He looks as full, dear. Oh. Yeah, we go get out here before you bonk your head on the ceiling and get stuck. I don't know if I'm strong enough to break my way out of this tree. I think we should leave before I outgrow it. Uh, Well, thanks for not vivisecting us, Mr. Kitsune. Sorry I had it done already. Bye, Fox Guy! Um, as soon as you exit, you turn back and see that the gateway, the little hole, is gone. I lost my book. Mm. We can get you another one. Not here. I know. Everything is different. All the houses are made of books, not books. Mm. Now that you're standing outside, something's different. Mm? It's nighttime. Oh. It couldn't have been more than an hour, but suddenly it's night. Uh, do, you, do you lot think we should go ask questions in the castle or try to get back out into the scary forest? My vote, castle! <laughs> um, yeah, well, mm, do we pass Mr. Giant Dude? You don't see Gehi at the, at the boulder. Oh, okay. 
I think if we are to go into the forest, we should probably try and find one of those lanterns. In the distance, you see next to the castle a small, what looks like a servant's house, if you had to guess. And there are lights on and movement. We can go over there. I see lights on. Is someone there? I think I see someone. More reason to go. We can ask questions there, maybe check around the castle and find out who those two people who live there are. Yeah. I forgot their names. They're very complicated. Um, one was, oh, baby. Um, <laughs> the other one, uh, I don't remember. It's and- like my mom always says, don't be afraid to ask for help. Or, or like my dad always says, take everything that's not bolted down. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a bad idea to touch stuff that might hurt us, but we'll keep an eye out. And who's a good boy? Were you a good boy while I was inside, Virgil? (laughs) Just butt exploding with wiggles. Um, All around the outside of the stump, you see scorch marks. Dozens of them. Claw marks. uh, There looks like an area where you must have been rolling around that have all burned to char. See, I was inside. I did not do that. He was just weighing, and I'm going to stamp anything out that's like still smoldering. When you do, you see that everything around the char looks different. Hmm. It's not just grass there. There's something else. Plants that look wrong somehow, bulbous and misshapen. Uh, Some of them look like they have small fruits, things like that. If I lean in real close, can I kind of do a survival to see what's going on? Gregory, is that in the manual? We'll find out. Uh, With a 24. Yes. Um, so you look at this. One, this kind of grass doesn't look like anything you've seen in Mackinac. But more importantly, the rest of this, if you had to guess, whatever whatever the dog was doing caused everything around it to become mutated, malformed. Hmm. Something's changed it. But kind of like a new life or just like a corrupted kind of twisted? Like corruption. Huh. I don't think anything here has ever been lit on fire before and it's not used to it. This nature's all twisty. Let's go find that little house and ask the people there about the castle. Okay. Should we race? No. (laughs) You begin to approach the place, and from inside you can hear the sounds of a kitchen. Pots and pans and wood clanking and lots of noise. You can see steam billowing out from inside. And you hear a voice shouting irritatedly. Ah, come on. I know you can do this. You've done it a thousand times. You hear... Lots of weird, strange noises in answer. There's grown-ups yelling. Now I feel like I'm home again. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we knock? I don't know. My mom gets real mad if I bug her when she's cooking. There's just an open wall. There's no door. I mean, everyone tells me to knock and I'll just run in. <laughs> There's no door anywhere around it? Uh, no, it looks like it's just th- a roof, two walls, and it's attached to the base of the castle. Remember, if we if we talk to people, it messes with their existence. But maybe they have lunch. I did give my sandwich to Sunny. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Stomach gurgles. Let's be quick and nice and not bug them about stuff. As you get closer, you begin to see the commotion. First, you see a pot with the legs of a raccoon frantically scampering around a fairly large kitchen. Chasing it is what looks like hands attached to a small sphere with an eye on it, with two hands sticking out above it, chasing it with a ladle. You see what looks like a fan with a hand already on it, fanning at a child? No. A goblin. In particular, 
a Mackinac goblin. I really hate that this is the most normal thing we've seen. <laughs> now, Svolte, I know you always don't have nice things to say about goblins, but this is the first thing we've seen that's like home. They have their uses. They make great balls when you play sports. You've got to be kidding me. This is absurd. I just need you to do your jobs. Why are you acting up? Is something different? Is something new? Excuse me. What? Um. What? <laughs> Hi. Sorry to interrupt you and your your possum pot. Uh, uh, no. No? What? What? You, you're a goblin. Yeah. Where are you from? Uh, I guess, like... Uh, well, I can't really remember. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. True. We're lost. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. That doesn't make any sense. We're on the same page here. I promise. Uh, What's your uh, name? Uh, Gaki. Do you remember a place called Mackinac? His face strains of what little color there was on his gray-green skin. Yeah. We got here from there like you did, and we need to get back. Oh, God. Oh, no. That's not, that's not supposed to happen. Well, c- c- calm down. Don't get angry. Maybe we can help you with your animal part. I'm good with animals. They're not animals. They're commie. I don't get... <laughs> you just see Sunny kind of slink off, just like looking around. Oh, what's that? Hmm. We're headed to the castle to ask questions about getting home. No, 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 no. You can't go to the castle, please. No, it's so bad. What's bad? Uh, he kind of sh- fidgets nervously. Uh, Obasan, y- you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to see her. You don't want to talk to her. You should go. You should go back the way you came. However you did that, do that again and do it the other way. Who's Obasan? Obasan, she's, um, it's uh, uh, like, uh, the mom of this place. Well, that sounds great. No, it's really not. This goblin's even more nervous than I am. <laughs> oh. Oh, geez, you should really, really, really need to not be here. Well, if she's anything like my mom, then she'll know what to do, and she'll do it with a cup of tea. No, no, like a bad mom. So like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what do you need? What do you need to help you get out of here? We were just looking for answers about what brings people here and how to find a way home. I, I don't know what brings people here. I don't even know how I got here. I was just wandering around, and all of a sudden, boom, here I was. Mm. That was a long time ago. Mm. Um, what's about uh, what's about the other one? The fox guy said there were two. Two what? He said the castle has two people in it. One oh. of them was the one you mentioned. Oh, Jisan. Yeah, he's like a rat kind of guy. He's not good. He's not, I mean, but they're not good people. Mm. But are they smart people? No. well maybe we can just nip a bit of food and be off what are you here for we're looking for a lost friend who also came from Mackinac what do you mean a lost friend someone our age his name's Brighton a a child yeah we think he's a human but that's still kind of up in the air at this point and he came here Mm -hmm. just before us yeah there's only one child here who's that Okosama that's Obasan's baby. Okay. How long ago did they show up? Do you know? I don't. That's, that's okay. That's okay. Time's all bendy here. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's a good clue. Um, Is there anything we can do to help you before we go? Y- you gotta get this 
Obasan, that's her baby, and it's been here forever, as long as they have. But she found it at the gates. The baby was found. If that's the baby you're looking for, that was too long ago. Well, I, for one, love a good mystery. It's at least a clue that we can find more information about. Um, If we can figure out if this baby's from our world, then maybe we'll know that Obasan has answers. If the baby appeared at the edge of the gates, then perhaps it is what we are looking for. And if time moves all weird here, I mean, we went into that fox's house for like five minutes and then it was midnight. You have to understand, that baby is why she's sick. I, I think that child's the reason why this place is the way it is. Exciting mysteries, puzzles. <laughs> oh, hi everyone. Zoing <clears throat> um, <laughs> um, Yes, let's go around the table and reintroduce ourselves. Mm-mm-mm. My name is Law. I am not the dungeon master. I am a player. I'm playing <laughs> Gregory Sangre, uh, the awkward ranger beast master tiefling. Uh, my name is Lante. I play Al Sinai, better known as Sunny a uh, way of the sun soul monk and uh, do tabaxis have last names? If you want. Okay, cool. Uh, my name is Michael Loving. I'm playing Svoltir Ulfmund, a level three Valor College bard. And I'm Dana and I'm playing Amelia, a level three wizard of the School of Divination. And I'm Zach Barkas. I'm the technical director for Slapdash Studios and the dungeon master for this particular adventure. Woo! Woo! Oh, yes. Oh, back to me. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode. I am having a lot of fun, and I'm hoping you're loving listening to this Little League adventure. Uh, You can definitely check us out uh, everywhere podcasts are available, and definitely check out the site slapdashstudios.com. It has links to all the amazing media and all the great things that we do. Join us on our Discord. It is hopping. We are having a lot of fun, a lot of jokes, a lot of art. Please join us there. We'd also like to thank our legendary tier patrons and just all of our patrons, really. Uh, Definitely check out our Patreon. That's where you'll find cool things like maps, uh, equipment, character sheets, everything that you could possibly want. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Does anybody have anything that they would like to uh, throw out there? Uh, just a special thanks to our special guest, Dana, for joining us for these special recordings. Thank yeah. you so much. Awesome to have you here. You're a delight at the table. Thank you. It's been so fun to be here. I'm Dana. I'm a professional dungeon mistress in the Portland area. And uh, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at MistressDanaRPG or check out my website, DMDana.com. Hell yeah. Uh, in the near future, there's going to be an auction fundraiser where I will be auctioning off with a bunch of other great uh, podcast DMs. Uh, uh, several hours of gaming. Mine will be LUQ themed. So if you've always wanted to play in an LUQ game run by me for a quick one shot, we'll have information on that on social media. All funds go to the Trevor Project, which is a fantastic organization that helps at risk LGBTQ youth. And um, my first episode and possibly at this point, second episode of uh, my appearance on the God's Fall podcast is live. It is the episode Blood from the Stone part one, part two, part three, there'll be a a handful of parts. The first one is out as the time of this recording. The second one might be hard to say, but look for God's fall podcast. It's around episode 102, but they aren't numbered. Cool. Well, I'd like to say until next time, 
Wishing you all a little luck. Yeah.